Did you see today, uh, I know that you're a fan of the David Lynch weather updates. Yeah. There was one today. I didn't see that, but I did see that he announced that he's going to be making an, an, an announcement tomorrow. He did. Yeah. That was one of his, that was his <laughs> weather update. <laughs> so, so there's something coming tomorrow. I'm hoping it's a, uh, what would they say? That gum you like. I hope he's telling us that that gum we like is going to come back in style. Yeah. Maybe you know that would mean. be it. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're doing another Twin Peaks. Something would or be something, good. Or something as an offshoot of that. So he's got it. I know it. All I know of it is he's got something going with, I think, Netflix. And um, it's kind of a, a big secret thing. But if you've been following any sort of Twin Peaksy stuff as obsessively as I have, you've probably seen some of the Twin Peaks people kind of at certain locations. Um, out of the blue, which is weird, and just kind of tweeting random things or or something. So something's kind of hopefully up with those guys. It felt like they dropped a few. But that's hands. what I'm wishing for. Yeah, there's there's something. It might not be like maybe it's an offshoot. I don't know if there's a we could we could do a whole episode on Twin Peaks. I'm in the middle of watching it all right now, but we won't go too far down the Peaks rabbit hole. That's a big one. But uh, we won't peek down the hole today. No, we won't peek down the hole. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's there's definitely signs pointing to uh, to that direction anyway, where we could be seeing something peaksy. So here's crossing our fingers. We'll find out tomorrow, and I'm sure we'll have more to talk about next time in regards to this. Have you been watching anything or doing anything cool, Tim, under this uh, lockdowny stuff? Ah, uh, you know, while I finish Dexter off, Dexter season eight. Yeah, we've been going back and forth on the text about Dexter. Yeah, the Dexter text log is big. Spoiler alert. Yeah, we're going to spoil Dexter. Yeah, yeah. we're going to totally spoil it. How does everybody figure that Dexter became a lumberjack? Did they see him cutting down a tree? No. Well, I think it's just because he kind of had the lumberjack shirt on. Well, yeah, but that doesn't make you... You know, driving a truck is not the same thing as being a lumberjack. That makes you a trucker. And I'm, I, think I could, have to say that out of you, anything that could have happened, I'm more sad that he's a trucker now than anything else. Really? That just feels like a low point in his life. Trucking. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's only got a few good years left of that, and then he's going to be replaced by a robot. So Now, if, if you're listening and you're a trucker, I'm going to say I'm sorry, but there's still hope. You can still change your ways and become not a trucker. You could still become, you know, a serial killer or something, improve your life. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't be laughing at that, but it's funny. Uh, So now I want to talk about your feelings. How did this, how did the ending of this show make you feel? The same way that I felt when walking dead killed, uh, killed one of our favorite characters in season eight, I think it was or whatever. And we, and, uh, my wife and I just looked at each other and like, we're just, we feel used. We feel cheapened by this. That's how I felt. It just felt, I felt emotionally abused. Yeah. It's kind of uh, you know, I think the thing is, are you talking about uh, Glenn? I'm talking about Glenn. Yeah. When Glenn's head got beat in. Yeah. It just, it was just thought, I don't know, cheap, a cheap move. So Dexter season eight pulled some cheap moves too. Yeah. I think, uh, I think when you get that, I was pretty invested in Glenn also. And that's about the point where I stopped watching that show faithfully. Um, not that that super duper bothered me or whatever. I kind of like that character, Negan. And I understand that Glenn gets beef uh, beaten 
in uh, to death in the comic books too in a similar fashion and by the same guy but it's just like you know you get you get and i didn't know any of that stuff until after it had all happened and the same with dexter like the thing is what i'm trying to say is you get emotionally invested in this stuff and I think when you're watching Dexter, you, you kind of hit this point in in that last season where you get kind of like you steal yourself for what you think is going to happen. And then when it doesn't and 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 you see what does, it kind of like hits you and you're like, what the hell did I just see? And you have no kind of uh, you're not primed for it. Yeah, you're not primed for it. And it just kind of leaves you going, what the shit? And and you're you're, you're it's like you're drifting in space. You don't know. Yeah, they didn't telegraph the the way the story was going to go and leave us hints so that we could feel prepared for it. It was a it was dumped uh, it on us. A non-ending, right? Like yeah. very non-committal. They just um they just shovel something at you that re- you know, I think the thing was is it wasn't even in his character like nothing nothing would indicate with his character that he'd be a friggin' truck driver, truck driving <laughs> boy. Maybe no. he's a log hauler. Maybe Well, he is. He's a log hauling truck driver. Yeah, I've spent like unlike most people, I've spent a lot of time around that particular kind of trucks driving back and forth on logging roads. And uh, I don't I'm not saying that they're low class people. I'm just saying they're not anything. They're not in his purview. So you'd be OK with unleashing Dexter upon these fellows? Well, yeah, I mean, he, he'd have lots of targets in that industry. He would. Well, I imagine. <laughs> so I have bitten the bullet. I'm going to move away. We're going to get mad if we talk about Dexter because it was a sad ending. Um, But I have recommended you that uh, if you love Michael C. Hall, you'll really like him in Six Feet Under, which precedes Dexter. And that was the show that got me to watch Dexter when it ended. I was saying to you um, that when that show ended, I was like, oh, man. And I was really into it. And I needed uh, and then a guy at work, a big shout out to Mr. Peter Smiley, Mm -hmm. uh, mentioned that there was a show with that guy from it. And he was a a serial killer killing killers. So I jumped all over Dexter and I love Dexter. Like I still love Dexter. I don't think it's a huge waste of time until you get to a certain point, but there's lots of good moments in that show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, to get what I'm saying is uh, six feet under, if you're, if, it, if you're it's really, not a cop show, right? Not at all. It's about a family, it, a family run funeral home. I don't know if you know what copaganda is. No. Okay. Well, copaganda in, in specific refers to, uh, propaganda making all cops look a certain way in the eyes of the public but i'm gonna steal that term to talk about any show that revolves around a cop station which there is just way too many of like every show revolves around cops even lucifer takes place at a cop station like every show has to be about cops copaganda okay Uh, i need to watch a couple shows that (laughs) that don't have anything to do with cops for a little while if you know what i mean Nope, this one's about people who run okay. a funeral home. Well, that's good. I mean, maybe an F- a wing of the FBI or something instead, instead of straight up cops. I don't know. There's got to be something. And that's the other thing is so many of my favorite science fiction actors run out of science fiction work. And then what do they have to do? They go to a cop, cop show. show. And yeah. it's depressing. It's like, wow, you just stepped down, man. <laughs> I I can't remember the last time I watched uh, anything, uh, any sort of cop show. Okay, I'll I'll tell you the last... Uh, copaganda. I'm going to start at this. I think this is going to stick. Copaganda show that I liked was The Other Guys with Will Ferrell and, and Mark Wahlberg. That, that was, was a good last, movie. Yeah. Yeah, that was the but, last really. But there's so many movies. Like there's Two Guns and there's there's quite the list of cop movies. 
or FBI movies or it's just a tired, it's a tired gig. Yeah. It's kind of like the doctor show, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we've identified that this kind of thing has uh, been high drama for quite some time and, and uh, we're just leaning into it really heavy. And I, I, I understand why people are against copaganda because they, um, I was reading an article earlier called what is copaganda? A look at the dangerous ways police seek police seek public sympathy and why film and TV portrayals of the police are under fire. Because a lot of the time it, it makes them look like, like always the hero, right? Yeah. Uh, Dexter didn't really do that. No, there was some, there was some, <laughs> there was some bad coppery. There was some bad coppery. Uh, one show that I've heard that is really good is called the wire. And I've never watched that. And I think that that's, that's pretty high up on my list, but okay, I heard well, that's kind of like a, I don't know. Do you know anything about the wire? No, I don't. All right. We won't talk about it then. Cause I don't know anything about it either, but I just know I've heard that it's amazing. And uh, yeah, there's some, you know, one of the things that I don't watch any cop shows or anything like that, but I'll, I'll, I'll flip through channels or whatever. And I noticed that Ice T is on a cop show, and and then I just like all I remember of Ice T, I you know some of his movies in the '90s, but I remember when he brought out that album Cop Killer. Yeah, <laughs> and now he's on a cop show. <laughs> he's been in a lot of different roles. We live in a cartoon. That's all yeah. I'm saying. But yeah, I've uh, um, Six Feet Under definitely. If you if you get a chance to check that out, and uh, today I just found a. Uh, on iTunes, I grabbed a copy of uh, Fringe season one, so I'm going to give that oh, a go. You? Okay, perfect. Yeah. yeah, you're about the umpteenth person uh, that's recommended this show to me, so I'm just going to dive right in. So if you're a Fringe listener out there, I might be batting around some Fringe stuff in the future when we talk about stuff on here. We're just going to jump into Fringe too, I guess. That show, I was just reading about that, about this guy's take on the different seasons of Fringe and how they changed. Whereas in the first one, they were a procedural FBI kind of uh, Mulder Scully type thing. And then it went away from that fairly soon after the first season. Oh, I, I can't wait. Like, I know it rates high. We did one of those. Uh, I got sucked into one of those um, disgrace book um, top TV shows lists or whatever. So I made my list and and a lot of people were like, you haven't seen Fringe? And I was like, no. And they all said that I'd love it. So, hmm. and, and many of them, uh, you included, I have a certain amount of respect for. So I think I might give it a watch. I'm probably going to end up watching Fringe for the third time. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. It is crazy, but it's been quite a few years now. It's not like it's all totally fresh, right? No, three times. That's my, I'm on my third go around with, with Twin Peaks here. So I can guarantee you, I won't be watching uh, Dexter again <laughs> I just i just won't <laughs> no no tv like, rewatches that's that's a funny thing eh? like i don't know how many tv shows um i've rewatched in my lifetime it's not very many no well it's hard to like i told you about the about the dexter thing when i worked with that guy that he, we were eating lunch together every day and he bought a case of 24 cans of chef boyardee ravioli Ooh. And then he was eating them cold in the truck, like, cause we were, we were eating our lunch in the truck and he'd open a can, which would be, he might've slightly warmed it up on the dash and then he'd crank it open and he'd grab a spoon. And for the first 10 or so cans, he was good with it. But then it slowly started building up on him that he was just abusing his body and he hated this stuff. And he's down to like the, the 20th can. He had four left. And I said, you know, you don't have to eat the last four. And he's like, but I have to, I paid good money for these. Oh man. And 
that's how I felt shoving down the last few episodes of Dexter. <laughs> to find out that he's a trucker. Yeah. Heating up cans of Chef Boyardee. Um, I, um, I don't know. Do you want to jump into at this point? Do you want to talk about WandaVision? We've both been watching that. And I guess uh, that's the big main event for you and I right now. Well, sure. Let's talk about WandaVision. All right. So we got episode four preface we're gonna we're gonna throw it out here we're spoil we're spoilering we're, we're throwing spoilers around like like there's no tomorrow so we're just gonna spoil this show and if you don't like it turn out turn off now turn out get out of here and uh and uh don't listen but we're gonna talk about all the things spoilery in wandavision and we're even gonna talk about stuff that maybe will spoil stuff down the road so get out what you can you've been warned so i wrote some notes down so uh, a couple things on this one. So we were out of the uh, the sitcom stuff for the most part in this one. And we're into the meat and potatoes of what's going on. And uh, it's kind of what I thought. It's kind of what I thought. So there's obviously like a, she's commandeered a whole town. Mm-hmm. And no one can get or see inside. You can kind of look inside, but it but you can't see what's going on. And it looks like there's nothing in there. And we got a whole... Uh, sword i don't know who sword is but they they they're set up outside they're the sentient weapon observation um what's the rest of it sentient weapon weapon observation there's a couple more words there obviously so she's she's considered a sentient weapon must be okay that would be what you could assume right so she's they're they're there anyway and they're checking out what's going on and they bring in um uh dr lewis is it from thor yeah. So she comes into the scene and she teams up with uh, my favorite of Ant-Man's villains, uh, Agent Jimmy Woo. Mm-hmm. And uh, together they sit down and watch some shows and, and kind of figure <laughs> out <laughs> what's going on inside this crazy thing. So what what I kind of surmised from this was that she was kind of like um, gassing herself or whatever it is. Like she's kind of like, uh, putting this fantasy world on for her own mental well-being sort of thing and and i guess yeah. that's more or less what we got um yeah. she gets flashes of that every once in a while and then she scoots some people out of the the world i don't know uh, as the big marvel guy tim what do you figure well i'd say that she's probably being manipulated into doing what she wants to do if you know what i mean she wants to be because her brother died and her husband or boyfriend or whatever you want to call him died so vision mm-hmm. uh well in fact she was forced to kill him first and then he was brought back to life and re-killed in front of her uh she's just in, in a lot of emotional pain and she's dodging the pain somebody gave her a way to do that now this town westview is known in the comic books as to be a place where magical type beings hide out in plain sight uh-huh. so uh that would be why agatha harkness agnes is probably might be there but the I was reading today that uh, a lot of the people, sword, as in sentient weapon observation response division, had a uh, had a wall there with all the different people in the town, a bulletin board with all the different people, and they were all corresponded with real people, right? Except yeah. for Agnes. Yep. She was on the board, but guess who wasn't on the board? Dottie. Dottie the town Dottie. boss was not on the board, which no. some people are saying maybe she is actually in charge of what's going on. Because she's the town boss, the of the ladies in the in the town, right? Well, and everyone seems 
like there's a sense of fear around yeah. her, right? And uh, was she the one who cut her hand? Yeah, she got so upset about the radio communication that she crushed a glass in her hand, which is not normal either. Okay, so we're watching Dottie here. She's up to no good. So now maybe she's Mephisto. Or she could be the White Queen from the House of M. Emma Frost? Yeah. Really? That's a that's a pretty deep dive bringing in the mutant stuff. So Scarlet Witch. Yeah, well, and in the movie, the movie universe here, it's kind of a swampy mess because... Mm-hmm. Uh, Age of Ultron featured her and her brother. Uh, and they were created by the, uh, basically by the Mind Stone, right? Yeah. Or by experimentation with the scepter, uh, with, with, with technology, basically. So, and, a, and a stone. Now, in the comic books, they are pretty much the, the kids of Magneto. So when Age of Ultron came out, there was also that X-Men movie was in the theater around the same time. So we had two versions of Quicksilver. And I remember them having like a little gag where he had a scene where he had his little uh, baby sister sitting on his lap and they were watching TV or something. And they made a quip about that. And then, and then that was all you saw of it. So she's been in, this character has been in a couple different film franchises. Do you think they're doing anything here? Like, I know the big drive is right now they're going to try and bring the Fantastic Four into the fold and they're going to try and bring the X-Men back into the Marvel fold and uh, to a certain extent. Do you think there's maybe a push here to do that or is there any sort of like... I don't know. Maybe there is. So I want to go back and say, okay, you were right. She's definitely a mutant. But the thing is in the Avengers comics they never, that I used to read, they never talked about mutants. That wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, that wasn't the focus. So I guess that slipped past me. But yes, you're right. She was an original founding member of the Brotherhood of Mutants. They definitely want to bring the mutants in. They're trying to figure out how to do that. So now the House of M tie-in might be part of it. But the other thing is uh, she, the Dottie could also be Cleo, which would tie her in with, uh, with uh, Doctor Strange. Because there's definitely going to be a tie-in here with the Doctor Strange world as well. We, just, we need a little more information, I think. Well, <laughs> we got some information in this episode, and I think it was... Um, I, I still have a suspicion that my my initial reaction to the first two and their strange way of releasing the two of them at once was because uh, the further on you get in the show, the less that shit means and they're just going to push that to the back burner. I mean, I think we already saw a whole bunch of stuff um, besides maybe revealing who else is in the town. But I think those first two episodes, like any of the weird stuff that we saw in there has been explained. Mm-hmm. The B guy got explained. Um, um Monica Rambo being in there got explained. Uh, the helicopter got explained. The weird colorization stuff kind of has been explained. Somebody put a theory forth today that maybe after they're all out, people that haven't watched them are going to be given a watch list and said, hey, you should start with four and five and then watch one, two, and three. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, I think it was kind of a, you know what, I... <laughs> If it got people hooked, like it, it got people hooked in, right? And it got me hooked in, um, certainly, but it felt kind of cheap to me that they did that. Whereas if they maybe would have started with the episode that we had now and then and then did two where you were just like in the middle of a of a sitcom, then maybe you might I, I don't know. There could have been something like that. But I'm just gonna wait to really shit hard on those first two until until the whole show's come out i think i'm really holding back on it because i feel like those i I, i'm going to keep coming back to that until the whole show's over until like 
we go back and everything's all tied back in, but it, it just seems like them putting the two out at the same time and then just kind of rolling into what we've seen now. Don't get me wrong. I like this show and I think it's a really worthwhile watch, but I just, uh, I just have a little gripe about that one. It's going to carry through probably till the end. So I've made a list of things that I noticed in the episode. You want to talk about some of these? You're going to like the first one. So a while back, you and I had kind of a conversation about some kind of quote unquote, unquote, some kind of some kind of. Yeah. Like when, you know, that trope where it's like, it's some kind of blah and some kind of blah. And so they do that in this one. She touches the thing and we get the, uh, we get the, the quote, it's some kind of energy field. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, so you and I have a, a, you know, uh, we, we talked about that, about how you could just say, Oh, it's an energy field. Like she's obviously fairly certain. Everyone who says that in all these stories is pretty certain of what it is. Mm Mm-hmm. And they could just say, it's an energy field. And until they find out otherwise, we'd be fine with that too, right? You've got me into thinking that this is just a really weird saying, and it pops up all the time. And I'm trying to stop myself <laughs> from saying this to this day. So the, the other thing that got me, there was a, there was a, some medical show that we were watching way back in the day. I think it was House or something like that, where someone throws out this acronym and then another character goes, you mean this? And they tell you what the acronym is. Mm-hmm. Instead of just saying, and acronyms piss me off on the best of days, and it, it just drives me nuts. So in this one, we got a nice acronym here, which is CMBR. Uh, so they first off, they identify CMBR, and then someone has to come back into the story and tell the rest of us, because we're idiots, what CMBR actually means. I didn't write down what it meant, because I don't care. It's CMBR now, <laughs> and I think it's some sort of cosmic radiation, and I don't know what right, the, the background MMB radiation Oh, cosmic micro background radiation. Is that what it is? Probably. It's some kind of radiation. Okay, there we go. (laughs) Acronyms are crazy because usually it takes just as much energy and time to say the acronym as it would to just say the words almost every time. Yeah, I'm just just done with the, like, I don't know, the techno babble and stuff. Um, And Agent Wu, man, I love this guy. He's uh, one of my favorite parts of Ant-Man. And to see him back in this one doing his uh, comedic best, mm-hmm. I'm just over the moon happy with that dude. It, the prediction was that that was his voice on the radio. Was it? Yeah, that was the prediction. And those people were right because they just recognized his voice. Beautiful. So, Well, there's a whole bunch of people out there high-fiving, and I'm glad about that. Right. Um, and big, big points on the end of this episode for the use of voodoo child. I just love that song. (laughs) Yeah. In fact, I was like really on the fence about the whole thing. And then I heard voodoo child and everything was okay. It was like someone just buttered the pancakes and I was good. It did feel like they really tied a lot of stuff together. Uh, It was a nice touch where the guy in the, in the uh, suit that looked like a beekeeper suit was going down the sewer and suddenly bees appear all around him, and his suit changes when he went through when he went through some kind of energy field, some kind of energy field. (laughs) And they were putting some kind of drones in there. Yeah. Which apparently turn into tiny helicopters. So I was a little wrong about that one, but sort of close. Well, they changed their, they changed their appearance when they went in though, because the helicopter, Mm -hmm. she sent in a helicopter first, um, Monica Rambo. And when that's the first one that she saw, and it didn't look the same when they were watching it on TV, it's obviously like, drastically changed its appearance. I think the color scheme was, excuse me, more more or less the same, but 
but it was just a little bit different looking, which was kind of funky. No, I guess maybe maybe that's a part of her her memory or her uh, reality warping powers or something. Well, there, I don't know. She's not young enough to have remembered these shows or old enough, sorry, to remember a 1950s show that well, which means that there's got to be somebody else influencing the shows, right? Well, there has to be. Or either that or she was from Sokovia, right? Yeah, I guess maybe Sokovians only had black and white TV. You could be right. Yeah, and maybe they only had 50 stuff. Like, we don't really know what kind of system of government they had. When I was in Germany, for example, in the uh, late 90s, there were a whole bunch of people there who were, like, really obsessed with uh, Dallas, the TV show Dallas. And uh, I was like, they're, they're like, do you know Dallas? And I was like, yeah, I know Dallas. Who shot JR? And they were like, mm. JR gets shot? <laughs> I ruined the oh, whole thing boy. for them. So... Uh, speaking of rough TV show endings, there was a show that I used to watch when I was younger and I never watched the whole run of it, but it had like a really hor- horrible ending and that was Elf. And I read about the ending uh, just a couple years ago and I was shocked. I was shocked that it ended the way it did. The ending of Elf. Elf. Yeah. Alien life form Elf. Uh, I don't remember seeing that. I think I, I was done with the show long before the ending. Yeah, I, I, I never really got that. I, I'd catch it when it was on once in a while, and it was kind of like it was a funny show, right? Like Alf was mm-hmm. a funny character and stuff, and it was kind of like, you know, he'd say something kind of quippy and funny or something like that, and that was kind of like the whole show. And But I guess at the end of the show, it gets really dark, and these guys from the government just come in and, like, zip him up in a zipper bag and take him away to dissect him. <laughs> really? Just, oh, yeah. It was like, I guess it was really, really crazy shit when it was – when it aired back in the day. So I don't know. Let's hope this doesn't happen with WandaVision. Yeah. Here I'm, uh, I'm just reading the ending of Elf. The last episode ends in a cliffhanger with Elf being captured by the U S military's alien task force. Yeah. They're going to take him away and just go put every square inch of his intestines under some kind of microscope. Yeah. Just dissect him like a horse in the movie cell. Ooh, that's rough. It's a rough ending for a really fun <laughs> show, you know? I had an elf uh, pajamas when I was a kid and I had no idea that, you know, that's the kind of, that's the kind of stuff I was promoting here. Watch this show. Well, and if, if elf did exist and the U S government got a hold of him, that would be, that would be his ending. Well, let's not joke around here. That's yeah. (laughs) He's not, he's not going to wind up in suburbia eating pancakes and cockroaches. Probably not. Unless he's got a, a fairly good laser weapon with him. Then maybe he can do whatever he wants. I'm here to do whatever I want. <laughs> that sounds like the start of a good alien movie. Well, that's about it. I, uh, so quick recap and a, and a few, a few issues there. So I'm tuning in next week. I'm not out of this yet. I'm, I'm sticking it in. I like it. I'm liking it now. It's growing on me. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, you know, when you end a series, when you're watching something and you hit the end and you're, and it's not the way you want it to be. It's just a bit of a letdown and you don't even want to watch anything anymore. Has that ever happened to you? You just want to take a break. Yeah, I usually, that's when I jump back in and I watch, a, I'll usually go back and I'll watch some movies that uh, I know that I like. Just to, maybe, Yeah. Maybe it's time to go back to Fringe, something nice and safe. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's what, that's what. That's what uh, having this stuff on however you watch your shows, like, you know, if you rent it on iTunes or you got it stored somewhere on a hard drive or, or a Blu-ray or something like that. That's the beauty of having those things is you can dig them up and pull them out anytime you want and 
just kind of go back and have a bit of a mind wipe and get into a better frame of mind before you jump into something else. Yeah. I don't know what, what's big that's coming up. Nothing really that I know of, right? Nothing groundbreaking except for maybe the uh, Hawkeye show is going to be coming up sometime this year for TV shows. We don't know. Uh, I could tell you the ones that I'm really excited about. And there was some news for those this week since we last podcast. So one of them was uh, Sandman. Um, I don't All right. know if you know anything about Sandman. Just a touch. It's a Neil Gaiman uh, graphic novel, right? Yeah. I'm particularly excited about this one. I've been a Sandman fan since my aunt uh, went to a garage sale and brought me home a comic book. Um, one of the, and it was right in the middle. If you know anything about Sandman, it's got like a very interconnected story. It's not like a traditional Batman comic where four issues he's doing this and then four issues he's doing that. This was all one big story that kind of goes through whole 75 issues. And Mm. the one that she got me was right in the middle and it had the weirdest visuals I've ever seen and just the best writing and just really out there stuff. And I had no, I jumped in the middle going, what is this? And eventually I wound up uh, picking up all of them. It's, it's my favorite comic book series to this day. And I know that they've been trying to make it into a movie since the late 1980s when it came out and was a big hit and Mm -hmm. it's failed every step of the way, which I'm so glad it has because now I think um, the creator is heavily involved in this series, which he wasn't before he was uh, all the other movie rights, the movie rights have gone out and, and it's been tried to get squeezed into a two hour movie. And it's a really bad idea to do that. Um, and it's got, it's, it was so bad that if you, if you read any of his books, he's actually written short stories about what a shit show the making of a Sandman mm. movie was for him as a writer, right? This is his baby. So now they've kind of got, they announced uh, some cast members. There's a couple Game of Thrones alumni there with uh, Charles Dance and Gwyneth Christie and a bunch of other people I don't particularly know, but I, I'm sure it's going to be really good. There's a whole bunch of juicy characters that they haven't announced who they cast yet. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that. And they just gave us enough that... Uh, we got enough. We got enough to satisfy for the hardcore fans like me, and then we got enough mystery for the people who just want to wait until the show comes out. So I'm pretty excited about that one. And then whatever David Lynch is going to talk about tomorrow, I'm sure we'll talk about that next time we get together here. But there are things on the horizon, I guess. I guess there is. There's a, more of a fantasy one, which maybe isn't up your alley, but the uh, the prequels to the Lord of the Rings. There is going to be a series on Amazon Prime, I believe. Well, I do that's, like that's going like to dig the, into that's going to dig into the Silmarillion, the the original legends of that world. I enjoy seeing that stuff more than I enjoy reading it. That's for sure. So it, for me, that's the big thing with fantasy is I just need to see all the stuff. Uh, I can't I can't read about it. It just it just it just well, makes me think of crazy talk. And then, of course, also the Wheel of Time is somewhere in production. I don't oh. know what state they're at, but there's 14 massive Bibles of books there to for them to chop into. Who's the writer of Wheel of Time? Is it Robert Jordan? or I'm not a mega fan of Wheels of Time. I, I'm unfamiliar with it myself. I read, me, them. Robert I read them specifically because my kids kept reading them and telling me what, how wonderful they were. And so it was Robert Jordan. But the last two were compa- or were uh, finished off by Brandon Sanderson because Robert Jordan passed away before he finished the series. Yeah. 
the reason that I started reading Brandon Sanderson books is because he finished that series and he is an amazing author. He's written some kick-ass books, but the wheel of time, that's, that's going to be quite the, there's a lot of really interesting ideas in there. Like he was, he had a lot of original, original content. And like you said, when you said you were glad that it never happened when it was going to, because it would have been a mess. Well, a lot of these things they wouldn't have put enough effort into. They were, they didn't have enough uh, special effects and they were just weren't going to have a big enough budget. There was no streaming. So it's a different world now. Maybe TV is the place for these things. Yeah. I, I, I think it, I think it really is. Uh, there's a whole bunch of things. I, I'm just movies, you know, um, we got Lord of the Rings and they, for all intents and purposes, they really did what a TV show that we're used to does right now with Lord of the Rings. They just took the whole thing and they took a big risk and they said, we're going to shoot these all back to back. We're going to make all of them all at once. So you're getting them, whether the first one's a, a big failure or not, which was a huge gamble, right? For, for every mm-hmm. one of these costing, I'm going to say, I don't know. I don't know what they were probably 70 to hundred million, every movie, maybe they did them cheaper or whatever, but that's, but that's a, a lot of meat and potatoes to tell that story. Like you need a lot of space to tell a story like that and to do it justice where you have anything remotely that looks like what the guy originally wrote and yeah. for anything of that scope and, and of a story you need, you need to have that space and two hour movies that you can only make uh, one every two years. It's not, oh. it, no, it's kind of, well, it's kind of a letdown, right? Lord of the Rings, you got one every year and, and everyone was just by the time those movies came out, you were just jonesing for it. And you'd already had enough time to go back and rewatch the, the DVD or whatever of the one that came out the year before. And it was three years of just magic, right? And that's a reasonable thing to do. But I mean, not everything can be like that. Um, right now, we're looking at uh, the same thing with Dune, right? So I'm kind of following the stuff going along with Dune. And I'm a little worried because, you know, they're doing they're doing the right thing. And they're taking time to do this over two movies. But I don't think that they had the Lord of the Rings deal where they were just going to do two movies. I think they're going to do one movie and then later on go back and do the second movie. Five um, years from now? Yeah, this, whatever, <laughs> however many years from now, right? Which is terrible because all the actors have been aging. Well, that's what... that's Technology's the, moving on. Like, it's not the same We, It's not the same place anymore. Well, it, it, that, but that, that, that will serve the story. Um, it, if they're going to chop it the way I think they're going to chop it, because well, Dune, Dune has a bit of a time jump in there where, where, uh, where, where you could pick up five years down the road or whoever down the road and, and it would serve the story better if the characters were a bit older. It might work for that movie, but it's not helping anything else where they do that, where they no. said, we're going to release this movie in 2020. Uh, no, we changed our minds 2022. Well, and then as far as if there's going to be a continuation of any of those stories of movies that have been put off, it's going to be herky-jerky yeah I, I mean there's a whole bunch of properties that made it through the writer's strike in 2008 and mm-hmm. i think this might be like sort of a, a similar scenario um we've got a whole backlog of content that's going to come out and i know they're still working on making a handful of things of course everyone knows they're making a new mission impossible because tom cruise freaked out they're still working on stuff there's there's they just finished shooting batman they you know there's movies coming down the pipeline oh, yeah they're still and they're still trickling I don't think it's that they're not working on them. It's not they're they're not releasing any of them. They've got them all in the can and they're just waiting until we all get old before we get to see them. (laughs) You know what I mean? Including the actors. Well, there's a, you know, we're, we're at this kind of funky time where 
and I, I totally, I totally, I totally get as someone who, who appreciates movies, what, what the sentiment is. And the sentiment is for the people who are making the movies is that they've, they're envisioning these movies for a, a big screen and an audience. And, and I appreciate that. And I think there'll always be when we're all done this stuff, uh, there'll be a spot for that again, but for right now, whatever's out there and sitting there waiting to get released. I think, uh, if I was a studio head or a person who is kind of, you know, shit and bricks trying to, trying, trying to come up with, uh, some numbers here to, to recoup the costs to put Dune and out right now, like it's coming out in 2021, whether we like it or not. And it might come out on streaming and it might come out in the theater and it might come out in both. I'm going to say probably both. And it's, it's not going to do the amount of business that it would have done if it would have come out in, um, 2009 in December. It's not, no. And, and it's not reasonable to expect that it's going to, um, I don't really know like the box office on the only thing we have to go by right now is wonder woman. And I know that the box office physical box office was pretty weak, but uh, the streaming numbers were really good. They got a whole bunch of people to jump onto that shitty HBO uh, max app, which we don't get here in Mm -hmm. this place. And uh, I rented it on iTunes. So, I mean, they've got those numbers to consider and um, all that jazz. So, uh, whatever metric they're gauging TV shows by, I think that's the same metric they're going to be gauging movies by. And if the two of them can kind of meet in the middle and we get kind of something that's kind of a, a mold between the two of them, a lot of people have to understand the guys that are making these films. And, and I get the sentiment. I mean, I laugh about the David Lynch video where he just uh, is incensed by people watching movies on their fucking phones. <laughs> I, I think that's hilarious. And there's no way I'd watch a movie on my phone but at the same time, I mean, there's a whole host, like I, I, at Christmas time, I saw people walking out of the big box stores carrying 75 inch TVs out. Like mm-hmm. every morning I leave, when I leave for work, I see a guy down the street from me and his whole window or like his, he has no curtains and his whole wall in his house is this giant TV and they're sitting about nine feet away from it. I mean, you know, if, if field of vision is a factor in the, in the, in the, cinema experience which it is i mean sitting nine feet away from a 75 inch tv is kind of like sitting you know 20 feet away from a 30 foot wide yeah screen it's kind of like holding your iphone two inches from your face too i mean it's the same thing well it is right i mean <laughs> you could that's the thing i mean you could throw on a virtual reality headset and you got a theater in your in your yeah. face and, and we're you, all wearing your earbuds eyeball, yeah we're your all wearing earbuds not and... know the difference or you might be wearing your noise canceling headphones while you're watching your iPhone movie. Well, I think the 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 big kicker is is that the amount of detail and 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 they and they make them for you know a connective experience with people, and I think they have that in mind, and I appreciate that. But what I'm trying to say is that uh, I'm just hoping that they gauge Dune by the same metrics that they gauge, say, season three of Game of Thrones, or. Um, or any other TV show or whatever, if it brings people to the platform and people watch it uh, in as, in in as many legal fashions as they can. Well, um, I guess the big, the big uh, litmus test for all this is going to be my dark horse favorite March 18th, the Zack Snyder justice league. So, well, that a lot of us just hate the idea of it anyway, and we're not going to watch it. So what the Zack Snyder justice league. Yeah. Well, I already tried to watch me. 
I already tried to watch the first one and hated it. So, okay, you're going to school me on the Marvel bullshit. <laughs> Go and for then it. When, when, when we watch Zack Snyder's Justice League, you're going to have to watch it, and then we'll podcast about it, and then I'll give you the DC rundown, and I'll explain, I'll mansplain to you <laughs> why this is all better. <laughs> well, you might have to. Uh, they had a strong start, I think, with with Man of Steel, and I have a soft spot for Man of Steel. I'm a bit, you know, I'm a big Superman nut. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second movie, there, Batman versus Superman, the Dawn of Justice thing. I think there was kind of like a uh, a concerted push from Warner Brothers to use that as like the jumping off point to kind of have what Marvel has, which is that big tied in universe stuff. So mm-hmm. they shoehorned a bunch of shit into that movie to kind of. Uh, to kind of make it work. And and it did work. It it, it made enough money at the box office, but it, it put people off. It was dour. It was dark. It had a really pessimistic view of Superman. And then he died. And uh, there's a story behind Justice League and that movie that came out. And I don't know if you're up to speed on all of it, but it is crazy, dude. It is a crazy story about that movie and why we're getting a, a new a, another version of it. And I, I, do you know any of that stuff? Not really. Oh, geez. Well, I'll, I'll have to... Uh, I'll send you some stuff and then we can talk about that. It's actually what's happening here. I find it kind of amazing because there was a big fan backing thing. And if you, if you, uh, if you hear the story about Zack Snyder and his family and what went on there, I think you'll, you might, you might change your mind about wanting to watch this one. Maybe I'll give it, I'll give it a spin, but oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's going to be a good time. It feels like they, especially the DC universe just keeps restarting and restarting and restarting and never moving on. If they could just roll with something, you know, just, okay, here's how Superman started. Now we're never going there ever again. And we're going to go into the future from here is yeah. all I want to see. You know what yeah. I mean? That's all I want to see. I don't want to see the Joker part uh, origins part 900 or. Well, it's possible. I mean, we all <laughs> forgot that Edward Norton was the Hulk, right? Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, there's lots of, there's lots of, there's, and, and that Terrence Howard was roadie too. I, you know, Mm -hmm. there's lots of, there's lots of ways of jumping on and moving on and all that stuff. And I just think they need to have some clever writers and to just bring it in at the right time. I mean, I don't know if you saw Shazam. It was a fun. Shazam was good. Fun little movie that kind of, you know, walked in and kind of put its two cents in and tied a few things together and was its own little standalone thing, which I appreciated. And Wonder Woman did the same thing. Yeah, uh, the Wonder Woman sequel kind of. Oh, the Wonder Woman movies were good so yeah. far. Although I haven't watched the last one because I, it's not good. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> but but you can you can I I'd say watch it and see. I mean, it's there's things to like in there and there's lots not to like. But um, you know, I I'd give them another shot at making another one because I think they the the same people would knock it out of the park. I mean, um, Iron Man two wasn't the hottest, and Iron Man three was pretty good, and. Uh, Thor one and two weren't the hottest and Thor three was phenomenal. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it all depends on, I guess, uh, the script and who's, who's doing this stuff, but, but yeah, I mean, if, if, uh, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that this justice league is a hit. It's a, it's a, there's a story behind it and it's pretty, it's a pretty good story. I think at the end of the day, there's been some dickheads along the way that said mm-hmm. some nasty shit, but a lot of, a lot of goods come out of it too. Just same with anything that happens on the internet, I guess. And uh, I don't know. I think in the end, it's kind of like a, I don't know. It's, it's a good one. I think it'll okay. be a good well, one. Okay. Well, we'll call her, we'll call her a day and uh, 
and we'll reconvene, I guess. You want to do this next week, Tim? Sure. I think Maybe we're on a roll here. We should peek into Twin Peaks. You want to peek into Twin Peaks. Okay. Or do you want to wait until you watch the whole thing again first? Well, I'm uh I'm just I'm just at the weird point in season two. And mm. uh I really want to get through another watch of season three, I think. So okay. uh, we'll we, wait we on might that. park it for a bit. Um I we'll have tons more to talk about next week, I'm sure. Uh I'm watching movies like a madman, so we'll uh We'll talk and we'll, we'll talk some, maybe uh, some justice league. I think there'll be a trailer out maybe by the next time we, uh, we talk. So, and of course there'll be another episode of WandaVision. Of course we're going to wander into WandaVision. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's call her a call her an episode and talk again next week. All right. Well, this has been some kind of podcast. Yeah, that's right. All right. Until <laughs> next time. Maybe some strange energy field. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right. You have a good night. Thanks for yeah. tuning in and listening. Bye now. Bye-bye.